Hey, this is Eastlake BBA, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you. We hope this builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Hopefully it doesn't run out better. Here we go. Hi, my name is Luis. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Luis. First, I want to start with the 10th step and apologize that I dropped the ball and I forgot to schedule someone for tonight. So, you're stuck with me for the next 20 minutes. All right. Um, you want me to time you? Please, 20 minutes. Can I get a five-minute warning? Yes. Thank you. So the topic for tonight comes right out of page 68. We reviewed our fears thoroughly. We put them on paper even though we had no resentment in connection with them. We asked ourselves why we had them. Wasn't it because self-reliance failed us? Uh, self-reliance was as good as far as it went, but it didn't go far enough. And um, when I got here, uh, I got here because I, I knew I needed spiritual help. I actually asked for spiritual help. I got on my knees and asked God to, very specifically, help me get to a meeting. Just help me get to a meeting. And um, um, but recently, and so when we when we get here as newcomers, some of us are either still resistant to the idea that we are alcoholic, that we are beyond human aid, that maybe. Maybe I'm, uh, I'm just young and I just don't know how to drink, right? Heard that one. Or uh, maybe I just, uh, maybe I was unlucky and I, I you know, uh, I got popped for my third DUI, um, whatever. Uh, but uh, today I find myself in the middle of listening to Fifth Steps. And uh, when I realized <laughs> Today or yesterday uh, or today, when that I'd have someone scheduled, I've been praying for a topic, and this is what came up. So, I, you know, Oliver invited me to be part of the workshop that he's leading. You know, when he called me uh, in August, and he, I remember he told me there's like 135 or something like that people across the world that's, you know, uh, want to do the BBA in Spanish. And um, I speak Spanish, but I've never gone through the steps uh, in Spanish. Uh, it's, not, I, it's not my, today it's not my first language, so I don't have a strong command of it. And for me to be able to translate my experience into Spanish is pretty challenging. Um, Oliver and David and, and have heard me speak uh, when I would be down at the Padita group, and Oliver would be my translator at times. <laughs> and so, um, but I knew that it wasn't so much going to be about what I can do, but it'd be about ultimately inviting my higher power to be with me and to basically which is the prayer I do every time. Make me a vessel and let it be your message that flows through. And um, it's, it's the most interesting thing that's happened to me in the past three and a half years since my, me and my wife got separated and divorced. He took one woman away and he just keeps sending his daughters. <laughs> and, and, and I say that because in this season he sent me uh, do you guys remember the show The Golden Girls? Mm -hmm. Right? 
right? These fun, right? Older women, right? I mean, I was a kid when I watched that show, but that's pretty much what he has sent me. I have a group of golden girls that I get to spend every Friday with them at 10 a.m. They're all in Europe, and um, I had no idea who was going to listen to their footsteps. I didn't think it'd be me, but yet, over time, which is what the beautiful part about this workshop, if you've gone through it, is relationships are formed, you know, and, and we go from being strangers to where we we show up and we and we demonstrate that we actually care for the other at this these days it's the other person across the the, the screen right um, and and by sh demonstrating that you care in time you win uh, their trust and over time the relationships are formed and so to my surprise all but one of them asked me to listen to their fist up and the one that didn't is the one that really hasn't been attending so, you know, uh, on Thursday, uh, I was supposed to listen to someone's, their second half of their fifth step. And similar to what it says, which I just took my bookmark out, but I think it's on 83. But it says, oh, here we go. The alcoholic is like a tornado roaring his way through the lives of others. Hearts are broken. Sweet relationships are dead. Affections have been uprooted. Selfish and inconsiderate habits have kept the home in turmoil. You know, and we feel, and if, we, uh, if we go back to 52, which where we know that um, is our bedevilments, right? And what, when she, and this person tells me how the mental obsession has lifted. Like she's been in the rooms for 10 years, right? And the obsession's gone, like that promise, right? And yet, she still has a void. There's still some form of an emptiness. And she's serving different groups and she's attending different meetings, right? And yet, uh, she's still going zero to 100 on people, right? She walked into a store in Europe. I mean, they got different, you know, different uh, protocols regarding COVID. And she, someone, the lady just walked up and said, oh, you know, reminded her to put on her mask. And she immediately went zero to 100 on her, right? And she knows, like, she's, at this point, she's powerless, right? She's powerless over this, over this and that. And, um, we didn't even get to get begin the fifth step because ultimately her sister passed away uh, over Christmas. <clears throat> now her life partner is dying, right? And so it's all coming down. And um, the fears in her in her fear grid are like now like on high alert. And. Um, I've never listened to the fist of a, wo of a woman, and I never actually thought I would, because when I got here, I was married. And part of my code that helped me pretty much keep healthy spiritual boundaries was to not text any of, our, of the women in our group, beyond setting them up as to come speak, to, uh, to not sponsor any women, 
And that served me really well for a long period of time. You know, some of us know it as blue on blue, pink on pink, right? Then at some point, uh, like I said, God just started sending women my way, literally sitting at my table, whether you would be pre-pandemic at Starbucks or, or now with this group of women, and it hasn't stopped. I just got one last, another one. He sent another one last night. And the reason I bring it up is because I realized that who my higher power is, amongst his disciples, there was a woman. And I realized that if that is my mentor, if that's my model, then who am I to say that, that I shouldn't? When my, the, person, the one who I look towards, clearly amongst his, amongst his 12 and beyond was a woman. And so I had to basically realize that what got me here is it going to get me there? What, that, what served me before won't necessarily serve me later. And when my daughter started kindergarten the, during the pandemic, uh, man, I, my, I think Michael might have seen it, maybe Oliver, but I had a really long checklist that I would do every morning that I, that I expanded upon over the past four years. And, and I was very disciplined about it, very routine about it. I mean, it was coming right out of our big book, scriptures. I mean, I just had, and it was, it was what I did every day, or as best I could every day. And then one day when I, I was struggling. I mean, before the routine was you drop off, I drop off the kids, I'd land at a Starbucks, and I put my headphones on, drink my coffee, and I should begin my prayer meditation. But now it's like there's distance learning, they're at home. And there's no, I mean, it's like, go, go, go. Like, I'm next to my daughter who's, who's in a dual immersion class. She doesn't speak Spanish, right? She understands, but she doesn't speak, and she doesn't, and so it's all new to her. I'm literally sitting right next to her. From the moment that the, the team's Zoom meeting turns on till it turns off at 11. So by the time I got to my time, right, I was already in my day. And at some point I had to realize I had to let go of this routine, of this thing that served me so well before and be present to where I was in the moment. And so for me, by then, that had prepared me to, which for me was, uh, prayer for me is a conversation that at some point I started with my higher power. And every morning I get up and I get to continue that conversation and I, I kid you not, I hit my bed, and I'm just grateful, thankful that I got another day. And I wake up in the same mode, you know? I'm grateful, thankful, because, you know, uh, I really enjoy here, being with you guys, with my kid. I'm enjoying life. So I get to do this 24 hours again, no matter what comes at me. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm thankful as best I can in all circumstances. Right? And so, back to this woman who's, in essence, she's professional, retired, everything, right? She's, I mean, like, she's, who has not signed up for one workshop after another workshop? Who, who has not gone to so-and-so's, you know, guidance, meditated guidance, and like, you know, like, basically seeking more tools, 
more tools. And um, what, what uh, has recently come to me is, because it goes back to, she said, I experienced the promise of the mental obsession lifting early, right? I mean, and that, you know, that, that wears us down, right? And then suddenly, with tapping into this new power, we start doing. We start, I mean, some of us start going to the gym. Some of us start going to back to school. We just start doing, 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 doing. And I mean, if you, and if you look at uh, the 88, it tells us faith without works is dead. So for some of us, it's like, man, I got to sponsor this. I got to do this. I got to uh, have these many service commitments. I'm just like continually active. But the, if we go back to 62, 63, somewhere around there, it says that um, the invitation is, is, this is the how and, how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. But imagine that. And what we don't realize is that suddenly, I, because I want this for everyone, I'm going beyond any healthy boundaries. You know, and I'm, I did it. I'm, I'm up here because I've done spiritual pride or I really want this for my wife or I really want this for so-and-so and I start slapping them around with this big book because I want them to tap into this power. But, you know, uh, it goes back to attraction versus promotion, right? And the, the biggest thing that will w make them want what I have is if I, tr where's the cup? If I just let them be, right? Dude, when you shared that with me, it, it clicked. And if I let them be, that goes back to, I trust in that God, that, that I trust that God's actually also building in them. That I'm not the builder. He is. Right? That, and so, that I'm not the fixer. Right? I can't even fix myself. <laughs> right? And so... Uh, Kind of lost my train of thought. Oh, so, and then now in this Zoom age, it's so easy to, to stay busy, right? I'm not even talking, if you go beyond our, the rooms and the meetings, people are actually working more. I know people who are basically have left their original job and taken three more. Taking those, uh, those uh, bonus checks that, that you get to sign up because in the, they can fake it for a while. And so then now they've got one, two, or three jobs, right? They're working plus 50, 60 hours. It's, and so now bringing it back into the rooms, it's so easy to get, stay busy and go to two, three Zoom meetings or more every day. And if we go back to our circle and triangle inventory, it makes it pretty clear. Am I going to too many meetings? Right? Am I, am I always on? When in the reality, God's invited us to in a relationship where he's our father and we are his children. And I can tell you that a good father just wants to hear from his children. How's your day going? What's new? What are you up to? Right? This is what it takes to be in relationship with our higher power, which is actually to detach from a lot of things, to slow down, 
right? And to just be still with him, trying to hear what he's actually trying to tell us. Thanks. And so, um, so, and here's the thing. God will let you, Jose always made it clear, he'll let you have your experience. So if you want to, when you first get here, let me back up. If you're a newcomer and you first get here and three meetings a day is, is exactly what you need, you keep doing that, right? But, but I'm talking about for those of us that have already gone through this work and then suddenly are not home. I was not home for, a, I got so active and, and there was things going on at home that I was never home. I'd be the guy that you'd find at Starbucks just down the street on Fridays at 11 o'clock. I'd leave our meeting and then, then I'd go get some work done. The reality was is I, just, I just didn't want to go home, you know? And so, but in order for this reconciliation and these repairs, again, going back to relationships, relationships need time. We got to put time in. And so... Um, When we, when we get that active and we're out there, whatever you want to call it, serving, doing, all this busy work, and we're not actually spending time with your higher power, right? God will let you be, and in essence, he'll let you wander. He'll leave you to wander from meeting to meeting, from Zoom to Zoom, right? And he's going to right here wait, right? So you come back. And, and that's what I witnessed this, this Thursday, was she was at the end of her rope. Because in essence, she had just done and signed up and tried to basically, which is at the end of, at the end of her fear grid, um, self-reliance fails, right? Trying to, I'm trying to save myself, right? And the, whatever word that works for you, right? But I'm trying to rescue myself. I'm trying to save myself. And um, the reality is, is that only God can, right? And so uh, the good news is, right, is that like any good father, he welcomes us back with open arms, right? Because he just wants to spend time with us. Right? And then to each, each one of us, that's different, you know, uh, their own personal experience. But um, that's what I have for tonight. Thanks. Thank you. Self-reliance. Self-reliance failed me. Mino habla es, uh, español. <laughs> oh, sorry. I uh, talk about self reliance. I've been missing for a while. Um, your name, your name. I had a heart attack in November. And I uh, had a stent put in. And um, I took a little time for myself. Because, like, um, they shared so, you know eloquently tonight, Mario. You know, you always uh, can count on yourself. 
That's 100%. You forget what you're going to do. You're one of those people. There's everybody in this room basically know of. We can all count on ourselves. And that's the one thing with the crossfire that you mentioned with the women and the men. If I can't say no to the opposite sex, how am I going to say no to alcohol? So I took some time and started reinvesting my time in my kids. Because I spent a lot of years drinking. A lot of years drinking because they were autistic, because my wife was an alcoholic, because I didn't want to go home. So now I want to go home. I want to spend time with them. And um, I uh, try to find that balance. You know, <clears throat> the hardest part, I go to, uh, I have a meeting on my job site. Um, got a lot of guys in the program uh, that are part of the workforce again because we've all had to go back to work because millennials don't want to work. They want to play in a video game. My boss, uh, the owner of the company, he's got 26 years sober. And he comes down. We have a meeting right there on the, on the site. And um, the hardest part for us in this industry, I'm a construction, um, is your title is a project manager. So I'm supposed to manage my project. But I've taught in this book to not try to manage everything. <laughs> if I don't manage everything, I end up being the speaker every day on my job site. You know, so there's a lot of that on that topic on how we can control the uncontrollable by not controlling it, not controlling ourselves. And you just, I mean, Jason sometimes, I don't know if you guys know Jason, uh, great guy. And uh, he was telling me during the holidays how whenever he goes over to his in-law's house, he says to himself the set-aside prayer as he's walking up the sidewalk. <laughs> and it helps him through it. And I tried it. My mom's moving to Florida. And it works. I'm telling you. Because I have that preconceived notion of what's going to happen on my job site every day because this guy didn't respond to me last night. Uh, same thing going to my mom's house with my brother coming from Florida and moving. But by doing that one little thing, doing that set-aside prayer, and just knowing that I, can't, I have no control over what's going to happen in there. Taking a deep breath. Same with the job site. Uh, the end of the job is always ugly. Getting up at 3 a.m., going into work at 4 a.m., and then trying to get out of there by 6. Um, it's never fun. So the part of the cardiologist you know, who came in and sat down next to me in the, the hospital and said, well, you don't eat right, you don't exercise, so I'm going to go and fix everything that you, pardon my French, screwed up. And I said, you don't know who I am at all. Why don't you get up out of the chair and get the F out of here? And he said to me, he goes, what are you talking about? I said, I work out six days a week. I get 30,000 steps a day, six days a week. I take one day off a week to rest my feet. Uh, I weigh out my chicken and my broccoli and my green beans and my, my asparagus on the weekend to make sure that I eat exactly right. And I said, you know, the program, we have to learn these things that you come in with that preconceived notion into this hospital room, you're going to get a negative response. He stayed with me an hour and a half found out that he did my father's bypass surgery 28 years ago. Wow. And uh, we spent some time together in that, and he said, listen, you're going to have an electrical problem or a plumbing problem. We're going to do an EKG, and then we'll go in and, and do the, and that's when they found the clogged artery. And he goes, it's hereditary and stress. And so for me to take the stress out of my life, the freeway's never going to change. 
the, the people in the traffic playing on their phones that run into each other every day. I must have saw seven wrecks today. Um, that's never going to change. Well, my reaction is, is what I can control. So I end up leaving in the morning from Eastlake and I go out to El Cajon and then spin around and then I go on the 8 to go to work rather than go the faster way because it's faster to go that way. And nobody's on their phone and everybody's driving faster and it just seems to go that smooth way. Sometimes it's a longer path, but it's a smoother ride. And that's what I've learned in life. Is sometimes we have to do the harder steps. We have to go a little bit longer out of our way because we are going to achieve that goal. And so I, uh, that's why, you know, I just, I've tried to make it to every meeting and I just can't. So like Luis said, I can find five online any time of the day that I need to if I need that one moment. Or my job site's usually everybody's sitting there waiting for me to come in and so we can have it inside, inside the trailer. So, um, you know, I appreciate you guys let me get up here and vent a little bit. It's been a while for me. So I miss you guys. Appreciate you letting me come back. All right. Hello, everyone. Some of you guys might remind, remember me. My name is Stosh. I'm an alcoholic. Um, I haven't been coming here because I moved a little further up north and the travel here was too far. But uh, um, some instances with some of the AA groups I was going to just didn't feel right. And uh, I decided to make the trek to come back out this direction. Um, so, uh, you know, I just talked, I called Keith and he thought he fell off the wagon actually, but uh, actually I'm 202 days. Nice. And uh, got my six months chip just uh, over a week ago. I'll be seven months next Monday. And uh, a lot has happened since then. Um, when I first was coming here, you know, gathering all the knowledge and uh, doing all the reading and you know just putting all this energy into it uh, at the same time get some therapy to figure out my inside uh, it's it's funny because I look back even a few months back and it's like it wasn't making all the sense and I can honestly say now uh, it makes a lot more sense um, I do go to these meetings I have not missed a weekly meeting um, this, this, these meetings helps me not to drink in this little circle we do a part of our habit. Um, outside of the AA meetings, I'm uh, learning to deal with all the issues inside, which my anger, my resentment, all those things, all the inventory that I've written down, I've been facing head on and I'm trying to understand why I was angry uh, because those are the things that made me drink. And really discovering all and facing all those items inside me that made me a miserable person, um, I understand myself now, and I overcome uh, all these issues that because when you're not in this meeting, you're still facing all week long the world, and it's not fun every week. You got you know you're dealing with traffic like you said, and it's how you emotionally mature, which I feel like I'm doing so every day that otherwise uh, a simple traffic jam pissed me off and get me angry, get me negative. Ah, oh, they didn't say fuck it, let's go drink, whatever. Well, I've learned more about myself in the last six, seven months than I think I have in my 58 years. Uh, and the God aspect uh, has come into play recently. I found a light inside me 
Uh, I pray to my God every day, every night now, and um, uh, ask for uh, direction, strength to get through the next day, to give me guidance, and um, to stay positive. And uh, getting out of rehab, I started out with basically a failing <clears throat> business, broke, divorce, you know, upset, where do I go, where am I going to live, am I going to be on the streets? And you get all these, these emotions of, oh my God, what am I going to do? And, you know, you take the rearview mirror out first, throw that away, you know, make your amends and uh, do your inventory and, and look at all that stuff. Uh, you got to hang in there and that hope from prayer, everything, things start slowly happening. You know, uh, uh, business is getting better. Uh, I, gotta, I teach architecture at Mesa College, which was a, a goal I had for 15 years. And I just applied for it, sober, met, looking sober, feeling sober, feeling grateful, and I got the job. Uh, things are happening to me. And uh, I'm nothing more than grateful um, to these groups that I go to, and particularly Keith, who actually introduced me to this. And uh, you know, that was a great message you gave today because um, I found myself, you know, you, you try to you spend all this attention on doing this and so too much of it, and not stepping back and, and getting reconnected with the world and being yourself and let, let yourself heal inside that everybody else is going to notice that you're a better person, they can feel it. I feel the response I get now. Um, I have ways to go, I think. Um, but I'm, um, boy, I tell you, the first day I walked into this meeting was the first day of the rest of my life. I know. I want to thank you all. All right. Yeah, I'm also really grateful, you know, that um, I have a fellowship here. I know that when I birdie started coming to the program, um, not when I was in here in BBA, I, I was missing a lot of the fellowship, you know. So now that we've done a couple of these groups, um, got to know a couple of you a lot better, and we do um, a lot of fun stuff, you know. Even those little fires that we've done at Mike's house and those retreats, and that's what I was missing, you know, because. When I was drinking, I was always surrounded around friends and coworkers and all that. And, and all of a sudden, I started setting boundaries and not hanging out with these people. And I had a huge family, man, but it's still, you know, it's easy to feel alone, you know? So I'm, I'm just happy that I found that sense of belonging that prior to being in the program and not being ashamed of it, you know? Because at first, I was just like, man, what the hell's going on, you know? But even with Zoom, man, I've been going to meetings. Uh, doing my other programs. Uh, I even see my therapist uh, through Zoom. And I've been able to process a lot of stuff, man. I guess, you know, what I'm saying is just being open-minded and go to any length, you know? Instead of making excuses, just finding a, a way to stay connected because during this pandemic, it's, it's been a challenge. I'm not gonna act like it's been smooth, right? There's been a lot of family stuff. You know, a lot of our family got COVID and my wife couldn't work for a while. So it, it, was, it was some struggles, you know? Uh, one thing I'm learning, you know, I, I know he mentioned balance, you know, he mentioned relationship and a bit more intentional with my time with my kids. Actually, you know, they're already 18, my daughter and my son's 24, but still just being more intentional, being present, staying off my phone. If my daughter wants to talk to me, turn it off the TV, you know, like I took my wife out to Old Town 
And um, we had dinner and there was music and, and just listening to her and doing stuff that I didn't do before, man, because before I wasn't there, I wasn't present. I was in my head. So not saying I'm perfect, but I'm working on a lot of stuff. So, you know, because of this program, what she actually told me was, I want to spend the rest of your, my life with you. I love the person you are and the person you become. So, so, you know, how grateful I have a beautiful, loyal wife, hardworking, and um, beautiful family. Like, and I didn't see none of that. When I was freaking in my disease, I didn't see anything positive. I always saw the cup empty, you know? So thank you to this program. Um, just a quick um, thing. Um, I was at my dad's house. Had a great time with him. And again, I'm not trying to be right. <laughs> he, he, he was telling my sister and other people, I haven't ate in eight days and I haven't slept in three days. It's a bunch of bullshit, right? He, <laughs> I have to wake him up so he can eat. And anyways, it's just gets to the point where I'm trying to be right for him, man. Just let him believe what he wants to believe. Why am I have to correct him? Same thing with his buddy was there at the house today. And I know him when I was, since I was little. And he told me, how are you and your wife doing? I'm like, we're doing great. And he go, hey, when a woman loves you, they hit you. And I'm like, I'm like, really? And my wife don't hit me. And in my head, I was thinking in my head, if she freaking hit me, I would just leave, man. I won't, I'm not going to put up with that shit. I love myself. Never hit my wife. And one thing that I learned from my father was, if you ever get to that point where you want to hit your spouse, just leave her. And that's what I did with my ex, you know. She took a swing at me and I grabbed her hand. And I will say within a week, I, I told her we were done, you know. Because I really wanted to freaking strike her back, man. I mean, it came this freaking close. Like, Bertie made a little contact, but it, to me it was a slap. And that freaking pissed me off, you know. So, I didn't argue with him either, man. I, he just said, I've been married for 40-some years. And he turned around and looked at my dad. Did your spouse ever hit you? Or... And they say love and hate is a thin line, but I just, I'm at the point, man, where I just listen to people now. I don't have to argue or debate, you know. And then he brought up some stuff with my daughter with their scholarship, with wrestling. She's doing freaking great. Now I'm just going to go to Masters. She took first in CIF this weekend. Right on. And she's just killing it. And she got full ride for scholarships. And he told me, that's a no-brainer. She has to take it. I'm like, she don't want it, and I'm not going to push her, you know. And she needs to do what she loves. And then the money part thing started coming up about money. I'm like, money don't make you happy. And so I had to disagree there, and I'm just, but I was respectful, you know? So I'm learning, man. Thank you. Charlie Alcoholic. Hi, Charlie. Good to be here. Um, Self-reliance. Uh, so, uh, so last March, um, we had a big blowout in the house. You know, I have three girls. 26, 21, 25, 21, and gonna be 16. And uh, I wasn't drinking that day, but I scolded my middle daughter and my oldest daughter, who took all the sh crap of my drinking, came back out from the, she was leaving, they're living in the house, and she came back and just started wailing on me. You're a fucking asshole. Freaking alcoholic, and uh, I hate you. You go to hell and stay there. And I said, Jessica, I wasn't drinking that day. I well, Jessica, relax. Jessica, relax. And um, my wife tried to push her, the, uh, uh, try to separate her from me, and then she pushed my wife. 
And I said, no, that's not, that's not happening. So I called 911, and the police came. Um, and then <laughs> there's only a God moment that happens that a chaplain, uh, the, the uh, Chula Vista police chaplain, was riding with the team that night. And it was a person called Wes Anderson, who was the teacher of my daughter, who was hitting me. You know, and here's the here's the chaplain coming to the house. I mean, you know, he was riding, you know, with the the team, you know, seeing the whole movement. And he comes to the house. I said, Wes, Charlie, how are you, Wes? And I started like kind of like crying. I said, Don't worry, man. I've been through this. And so they walk into the house of police, and they calmed everything down. My daughters ended up leaving the house. They got really pissed because we're Mexicanos, right? They should be at the house until they get married, right? That's the tradition. At least that's what my wife says. I don't think so, but anyway. And so, uh, and I wanted them back at the house. You better get back at the house. Long story short, still hitting the program, relapsing, hitting the program. I couldn't forgive myself for so many years. I hurt my daughter, you know. She was the one who took it all, my alcoholism, man. Uh, um, the oldest one. This weekend, uh, we're down in Tijuana, in the quinceanera, and my daughters went, and they were there. And, uh, and I was, you know, it's cool. But the music started going, bro. And uh, one of my middle daughters comes up to me, I said, Dad, I love you. Come on, let's dance. And like that. And we started going for it. Free alcohol, vodka, tequila, bucanas, whatever you want. Didn't care about that shit. I was dancing with my, one of my daughters. And once I started, I kept, dude, I'm out of condition, man. And, and, and so we were dancing all night. It was a great party. And we stayed there in Tijuana. And then I went to dance with my other oldest daughter, the one who was hitting me. And I was, ooh, and we were having a great time. And I was dancing with my last daughter, who was 16, going to be 16, also. Man, it was such a blessing on Saturday night, dude. It was just a beautiful moment. And then the following day, we stayed there, and we had breakfast. And one of my daughters comes up, and he, she says, Dad, I'm proud of you for getting back up. And I said, thanks, Woody, and I'm thank you for, for um, uh, dancing with me last night. I don't know what happened, but I feel like I got, uh, I mean, I, I, I didn't tell him exactly, but I had a, a, a in my heart, I had like, like a, 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 something lifted, you know? Like the guilt that they still care about their dad and we could have good times, and that's because of the program, you know. I walked in before the quinceanera, and I said, God, just, it's all there, just let me have a good time, let me concentrate on my wife, let me, cook. and dude, it was, I had no obsession in anything, and, uh, and you know, the program works, it does work, it's just a beautiful program, and, uh, and you just gotta, don't give up, Promises are happening, and uh, and I just want to share that because I'm really such a I'm, I feel really blessed today, you know. 
And then they're all going to come over to see the Super Bowl with their boyfriends on this Sunday, you know. So God restores those things that I, I wanted to restore myself. I couldn't do it on my own strength. And, uh, and anyway, so that's what I got. And I appreciate being here on, on a Monday, and it's going to be a good week. Eric, alcoholic. Eric. Hey, Eric. Interesting work. Hello. All right, God, please help me keep my ADHD in check and uh, make sense to all these people. So self-reliance uh, kept me from going through this program twice in my life. 2005, went to a meeting or four over in the McGrove, but decided I could rely on myself and my own willpower. I made it five months, five and a half months, drank again, and then again in... 2011, 2012 time frame, same thing. Went to some meetings. I work out in Point Loma, so I went to some meetings. Really nice people out there. Wrote their numbers on a welcome packet. Never called anybody, never went back. Made it five and a half months again. Self-reliance. Um, so this program uh, that Charlie just spoke so well of on this page with the circle triangle, it's all laid out right here, right? Three parts to the stool. If we don't work all three parts, we fall down. So this first part, um, found in the fellowship, this is the unity, um, and this is where we fix our body, and this is how we fix our physical craving. So we're, we go to a few meetings, and we stop drinking. We could probably last about five and a half months on eliminating the physical craving and the physical allergy from our lives, right? But if you don't advance to the next part, this other side of the triangle, the service side, you're probably not really gonna help your mental obsession much. And that's what this whole thing is aimed to do. Or sorry, the recovery side, that's the steps down here at the bottom, the second part. Um, so we work on the mental obsession. And once we can clear ourselves of that, then we're just left with our spiritual malady, that hole in ourselves that makes us want to drink or escape all of our problems and you know, the, the part of us that forces us to rely on ourselves because we don't have the power to handle situations and people in the way that doesn't cause conflict in our lives, right? So that's the spiritual malady, that's this part. So first we clean up the body, then we clean up our mind, and then we clean up our spirit, right? So a lot of us are living proof that this stuff works. Um, two things come to mind very recently in the past two weeks. I spent a lot more money than I ever thought I would on a football game and took my <laughs> wife and my kid to this game. We had a blast until the last two minutes. Of course you did. And the place is really loud and I've got a great seat and uh, other fans are gloating as you would, right? And it's just not a real good, I don't feel real good. And I'm like, what do I do here? Because I don't want to be like, I prayed like I did every week at the end of the season, like, God, please save me from being angry, help me be accepting of the outcome, help me not be a dick to my family, um, and just be good with the outcome. Like, as, no, as long as nobody gets hurt, and as long as it seems fair at the end, I'm good. So please let it be that way, right? Please let me see it that way, too. So I'm just sitting there. And I feel weird just sitting there because I remember seeing pictures of Cowboys fans at the end of the 49er game. 
like crying and like there's memes all over the internet about these guys. So I was like, well, I don't want to end up like that. So I just stood up. It's like the best thing I can do. I just started clapping. Like I stood right up to this plexiglass and I was like clapping. Man, good job, man. Game's over. It was a great game. I had a great time. And I wanted to remind myself and my family of that. So I did that. Um, another thing that comes to mind is I've had a lot of issues with the ladies in my life. My mother and my wife are like this. And now my daughter-in-law and my wife are like this. And um, we just went up there to visit my um, kid and his wife. And we found out we we're going to be grandparents for a third Ooh. time over with them. All right. And we don't agree with their parenting style. And we don't agree that they really needed to bring another life into this world or that they can handle it. And I agree with her. And that's okay. But that doesn't change the fact that it's freaking going to happen. And on the way back, my wife wanted to start talking crap. And I was just like, man, I just want to be done with all this shit. I wanted to argue. I wanted to complain. I wanted to whine about it. And instead, I was just like, you know what? Just give me two things that you think this woman did right while we were there. I was just like, Nothing. She didn't do anything right. Okay. Like one, one thing. One, one thing. And she's like, her makeup was really good. I was like, okay, say it out loud. Say it out loud. Her makeup looked really nice. She did a great job on her makeup. And she said it, and I was like, cool. I'm good. So thank you. I feel really balanced in my life right now. I don't went to this program. Michael, I'm an alcoholic and an addict. Thanks, Luis. And I, I got wrapped around the, uh, the fear for a while, and then you closed out with self-reliance fails. And what came up for me just as I was getting ready to come up was something Charlie said I cued in on is the chaplain said, oh, it's okay. I've been here before. I've been here before. And the way it's coming together for me right now is the fear is driving me. I'm, I'm spending so much of my time, emotion, and energy protecting me from God's world and God's people because I don't feel safe. I don't feel okay on the inside. Put down the drink or the drug, and that feels worse. Like, I'm terrified, and I got no one in my life I can be honest with about it. And I'm, and I'm getting closed and shut down and really reactive, like zero to 100, like real quick, right? Because I'm trying to rely on the only thing I've known, me. And I come up short over and over and over again, right? That's a beautiful place to be, to walk into Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm coming up short. I got nothing left, guys. Help me. Oh, we've been there before. We're going to show you the way. We're going to show you the way we've done it. But if your way is still working, have at it. <laughs> Get to it. True. I can't change your mind when it comes to that shit. And I'm not talking about the drink or the drug as much as I'm talking about the self-will and the self-reliance. I'm just another guy, just like you, that had to have God remove my self-reliance. I can't remove your self-reliance. If you're not done running your life the way you're running it, neither was I. Neither was I. And it had to be, I, I, the visual I got on this is like I'm holding on to my life with two fists closed and I can't let go because I'm being electrocuted. Like, I can't let go. 
it has to almost be broken out of my hands. And then once I'm free of it, I'm like, oh gosh, why didn't you guys tell me to do that a long time ago? We've been telling you, right? Perhaps there's a better way. And this is what follows up with what you read, you know. Perhaps there's a better way. We think so. For now, I'm going to live in this place of trusting and relying upon God. We trust our infinite God rather than my finite self. And in my case, too, I, I was trying to rely on myself, and then I was trying to rely on people in my life where I would become overly dependent on them and demanding, you fix me, you make me feel better. And they would fail, fail too, right? right? But now I can trust on infinite God rather than anything finite. We're now in the, I'm in the world today just to play the, wor- the role that God assigns me. And just to the extent that I can lean into God, is God going to allow me to match calamity and serenity? Because calamity's coming. It's always, the coming storm, right? It's always a coming storm. It's real life. Real life is in session. But I'm on the front line today living because I'm powered by God to do it and not by Michael to do it. And mistakes will be made. There will be failures. But overall, God has taken me to a better place than I've ever been before in my life. And I'm going to keep doing it. So anyways, great meeting, guy. Thanks. Thank you, Mike. Hi. My name is Oliver, I'm an alcoholic. Man, I had to come up and share. You know why? Because the two guys that has heard me at my wharf just shared, Dan Luis and Michael, and um, this thing about self-reliance, man, it's so difficult to understand. But why it's so difficult to understand? One day I remember I came to, to Luis. I said, Luis, I'm so worried, man. I really am. I'm really worried about myself. I says, why? Because I'm, I think I'm going to break just looks at me and says, well, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I was like, really, man? So, I mean, I held on to this idea that I could control my life for such a long, 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 long time. Man. I come to BBA and after doing, I don't know, two workshops, I guess. When I start teaching at the workshop, when I gave the workshop, I think, if you guys have never done a workshop, man, go out there and just go on a limb and do a workshop. It's just, I learned the book when I was giving it. I thought I knew it when I was learning it, but, but it's totally different, man. So, so when, I was, when I was giving it, man, I was forced to, to, to read and understand what it is that I was going to be teaching. And thank you for that. You invited me to my first workshop. My first. <coughs> and, the, and, and, the, and the first weeks in that workshop, man, it talks about lack of power, 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 lack of power of what, man? And you see, and the only thing that I had to do back then is just to be honest with myself. You see? The book talks about honesty all the time, all the time, all the time. We have to be honest and honest. honest. But what kind of honesty does the book talk about? I have to be real with me and say, okay, man, how good have you been managing your life for the past 47 years? Just, just try to be honest, right? And just look at the wreck that you have done. And when I was able to see that, the pain was so big and the fear was so real. I mean, it wasn't fear, it was terror. Because I saw that I had absolutely no control. I didn't have any way out, man. So I said, now what the hell am I going to do? And that's when I went to reason. I said, man, I think I'm going to break. And I'm really, really, really afraid of breaking. He says, well, you need to break. And then I did. And what is it that I, that I broke? I mean, what happened to me 
for the first time in my life, I truly accepted that I was an alcoholic. And that there are certain things that as an alcoholic, I will never be able to do. I don't care how many steps I work. I don't, know, I don't care how many workshops I attend or give. I don't care how many churches places I go. I don't care how many times I pray. I'll always be an alcoholic. And I will always carry this spiritual malady, like it or not. You see, it says there that I have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of the spiritual condition. And what does that mean? Right? Today I was, I was giving the 11th step to my guys before coming here at the workshop. And the directions are pretty clear, man. They're, they're there. Page 84 to 88, right? They tell us, <coughs> right, read those pages, and it's right there. It's God first. It's God first, right? And talking to my guys today, I said, <clears throat> to my girls more than guys today, because you see, we're so used to that, living that fear, right? That fear of what? Of everything. Of being insufficient, not love. I mean, all kinds of fears, man. I mean, fear controlled my life. And that fear forced me to create this illusion, this lie. But that lie for me was true, it was real. So it doesn't matter that I saw it in the fifth step, right? And I gave it away in the sixth and seventh. I have to keep current every day so I don't fall back into that same lie. You see, because that's my spiritual malady. That's a part of me, that's the emptiness, that's the void that I carry with me every day. And when I lack that contact, when I lack that humility, when I lack that understanding that on my own I'm nothing, you see, the book says that we were reborn. But how is that? Was that, did Oliver have anything to do with that? And I tell you guys, it had nothing to do with me. I did what the steps told me to do. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that self-reliance sucks. But I defended it with my life. You guys told me, let me love you. Let me show you the way. God is here, man. He wants to hug you. Man. He wants to give you all the riches in the world. He wants to give you a wonderful woman. You're in a toxic relationship. He wants to give your kids back. No, 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 fuck that. Self-reliance. <laughs> Self-reliance. Because I was so afraid of life. You see, but when you break, so, and what is it that you need to break? Just be honest, man. And look at the mess that you made on your life. And remember the fears when you were drinking. Or when you had all the money that you think is going to make you happy. How did you feel back then? How did you feel when you had the, the woman of your life? Were you better off? Or you were as lonely as you are today? So I mean, all that self-reliance. So I, I had to come up here and, 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 and share because, like the book says, this thing is for life, man, right? And what I have to understand is, and I'll call it that all my life is today. I cannot live in another place because tomorrow it's, and I'm scared shitless of tomorrow. And if I go back to the past, I'm full of regret, pain, guilt, fuck. I should have done this 30 years ago and I'll be a millionaire. I should have done that and I would be divorced, blah, 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 right? So it's here now, man. It's the power of God. Thank you. Renzo Alcoholic. I love life and life loves me. Uh, Self-reliance. Uh, so I went through something uh, recently um, at Christmas time. I, uh, my girlfriend lives in Riverside um, and a friend of mine was looking to get a, uh, one of the new PlayStations. She happened to get one. She was going to give it to her kids. 
they outgrew it. They didn't want it. So um, I told my friend, hey, I'm going to go up there. I'll pick it up for you. He gave me the money for it. And I left early Sunday morning and forgot it there. And I realized once I hit Oceanside that I had forgotten it. And she left to go see her mother that lived like an hour north of her. So I, I couldn't get it that day. I told him, hey, I'm sorry, I forgot it. I'll try to go up there tomorrow. I got really sick the next day, just like, I think I had like the flu or whatnot. And um, I got a call from him, like, I called him while I was in Oceanside, hey, I'll try to get it tomorrow. The next day I got sick and he's like, are you trying to steal money from me? I'm like, you know, like, I just like got so angered, right? And uh, he works at Pioneer, so I went there and I threw the money at him and he politely asked me to leave. <laughs> uh, and I ended up going and getting that firm on Wednesday. The whole town was like, why? Like, it was deceiving me. Like, I had my part in that, right? That I, I did forget it. Um, and I'm bringing this up because that was, that was my own self-reliance. Like, I'm gonna show him this, that. At the same time, I was working with uh, one of my sponsees and the first thing that I have my sponsees read is page 68, right? That's, that's my favorite page of the book. But what I do now is I have them read, read page 68, 417, and 420. The acceptance and the accept, uh, expectations of, of certain things and tying that all together. That was a lesson for me to learn right then and there. How can I give suggestions or try to um, help someone go through the steps if I'm not doing the steps myself, right? So uh, that person and myself, we might not be friends again the way that we were before, uh, but that's okay because I know for a fact that I was able to go to sleep that Wednesday night knowing that I did the right thing. More importantly though, I know that when I do walk someone through the steps or talk to someone else that's in the program or even someone that's not in the program, we gotta live this, not just talk about it. And it took every, it took everything of me to, to you know, swallow my pride, accept that I was insulted, called the thief, and still drove two hours and got him the thing. Because I have to live this program. We have to practice these principles in all affairs. Not when Renzo wants to pick and choose when it's convenient. Because that's relying on my self-will again. You know, and I, 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 it's taken me some time to actually uh, see how that all played out, uh, working with this um, sponsee. Because I was able to use that as an example, because uh, he was going through something. And who would I be if, if I didn't 
do the right thing on that incident? Because then I would have said, yeah, that just, this happened to me too. And this is, yeah, I agree with you. That wouldn't be helping someone out, right? But now I get to share that experience, strength, and hope of something that I did not like how that happened, but it happened and I resolved it the right way at the end of the day. And I get to use that as an example today. That's all I got. Thanks, guys. I am there and I am an alcoholic. Okay. Thank you, Louis, for a great theme. I mean, to me, you know, self-reliance or self-sufficiency, my God, it was the hardest thing I had to do. And, uh, you know, we're doing the, you know, the, sh the, the, the fears, you know, one, one fear gets to another one, to another one, to another one. And when, when I realized that my life was drawn just by fear, that I lived my life, uh, you know, living afraid of every single thing, you know. And that's because I was playing God and I didn't have any God, you know. And uh, uh, when, when, I, when doing the program to the program, you know, this is why is you have to have a lot of patience in this program and live one day at a time, you know, and definitely have an open mind. When I find out, you know, that uh, I didn't have any God with, God with me, that's what self-sufficiency self helped me, you know, I, the fears, you know, lost power. You know, one of my greatest fears is that I was going to go to hell. I was going to the unknown. And that terrifies me all the time, especially when I was drinking and I cannot fall asleep because I thought I was never going to wake up. And I didn't say any prayer or any, anything to, you know, to guide me to some place. You know, now, you know, doing this program, talking with you, you guys, and learning, you know, it makes a believer out of me. You know, this guy gave me a book one day, he gives me a lot of books, but one of the ones that I remember that really wake me up, and I, 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 it was a fantastic book, is, you know, Seven Lessons from Heaven. And, you know, and then later on I find, you know, out that another guy in Peru has this, the same near-to-death experience, you know. And these people don't want to come back to life again because it's wonderful to live with Jesus over there, my gosh. You know, and I believe in those things that it was so hard for me to believe before, you know. And, and you know, living this life is just wonderful. You know, you were talking about faith without works is dead. You know, and you know, I was kind of lazy, you know, in these few months because, you know, I blamed the damn pandemic about, you know, not going to my meetings again. It was sort of a truth, but it just had ways, you know. And now I'm busy again doing the program. You know, I had to change my schedule just to do the program, just to, <coughs> to, to go to another meetings because we just opened, well, no, we, they just opened a, a new group, you know, and I go, I, I, I had to change my schedule to go to support these people, you know. You, and and that, that's, that's been at work, that's been, you know, uh, busy in your program because this is what it saved my life. You know, somebody was talking about, you know, in your daily basis, the way you live, in, you know, 
daily. Uh, me too, unlike, you know, uh, Charlie said he went to a, a party, you know, with his daughters and everything. I went to this wonderful get-together on Saturday with some, you know, some of us are alcoholics and our wives are not. So these people are drinking tequila, these people are drinking wine, and I don't feel a cotton thin for, you know, the urge to have this drink, you know, not even close, it doesn't even cross my mind, believe it or not. And that was so hard for me to under, you know, before, oh my God, I was dying all the time just to have a little taste of, you know, whatever it was. And now, you know, I find out the, the, that the mental obsession is not in there anymore. You know, I find, I find out, you know, you know, I work with a lot of booze, you know, a lot, of, and, I, and I, I, I cook with, you name it, and I don't have that mental obsession. You know, before I used to have my shirts full of wine over here, all red and pink and all this shit, you know, because trrr and trrr over there, you know. It doesn't happen to me anymore, and it's not even in my mind. So, thank you, Luis, and thank you for having us here. That is Andres. Andres, alcoholic. Hi, Andres. Andres. Hey, guys. Uh, <coughs> thought I'd come up here. I've been struggling a little bit the last couple of weeks. A lot of resentment, and coincidentally, I'm working on my resentment sheets, but just find, just being angry at everything, you know? It's like having these constant arguments in your head with everybody around you but you just hold it all in and then that pressure starts cooking and you need to find a way to release it and there's no booze so what do you do? You just sit with it and well it's better to release it here I guess than any other place but yeah I've been going through it it's like every I, I, I reach this spot where I can't I feel I can't progress in my life I feel I come up against a wall where I push myself into a corner but it's me pushing myself into that corner because I try to control everything I guess you know I'm, I'm going through you know a hard time at work I'm pissed off at work I don't want to be there I work for my brother so that even pisses me off more when he has to tell me what to do which I, I already know what I have to do <laughs> then I have my girlfriend you know trying to get some answers out of me, what's going to happen next, what's, what's, what's going on in our relationship. It's shit, it's like, I don't know, I've been, I've been, I'm doing the program, that's what I, all I can think about right now. That's what they're telling me over there, don't make any big moves. And she's like, okay, okay, I, okay, and then two weeks later, hey, what's going to happen? And it's been going on since I started, she always wants to know what's going to happen. And then she forgets about it for a while, and then she asks me again. So, we had that talk a couple days ago, it got me angry. Not with her, just with myself, you know. I, I hold it all in. I hold it all in all the time. I take everything that's given to me and I don't know what to do with it. And I don't want to be that way anymore. I want to be able to be honest, to tell people what I feel, you know, and not explode. But I, it's like, I don't know. It, 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 I don't want to be that angry young man. I don't want to be resentful. I want to you know, love my family and love my friends and the people around me. But it gets difficult when you just hold everything in and you don't tell the people around you what you're feeling. You know, you just try to please everybody. And I, I don't know, my relationship with my dad too, it's just been weird. And we're going on a trip 
this weekend and I'm hoping you know we can talk about this you know silent tension that's going on between father and son that we you know it's like everything he says kind of pisses me off even though he's just being himself because I'm trying to control him I don't want him to be that way or I don't want him to say those things or I don't want him to do something and and he must have a lot of you know he must be thinking things about the way I do things too you know why isn't this guy like getting on with his life why is he doing with it I don't know what he's thinking but if we just keep it to ourselves there's just going to be tension and yep. it'll, it won't progress anywhere and you know this happened to me bunch of times and I always go straight to to drinking and lately you know I've been having this like daydream where it's like ah, I just want to take one vacation I'm gonna get 12 pack and a, uh, 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 a box of cigarettes and I'm gonna take the day off no one's gonna know maybe I'll tell Eric maybe I won't <laughs> and I'm gonna go spend the day at wherever you know and just drink and and I'll build that fantasy, and then I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. you gotta like, stop it, stop it, you can't go there. You know what happens the next day, you'll want it again to cure yourself, and then the next day, and it'll be a cycle. You know, I've learned it, and I'm not going there. It's just, you know, I, I, at least this time I've learned from my mistakes, from relapsing, from, from everything in the past, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel confident that, or, or at least I know, you know, that that happened, so now, I don't fall in it again, and and I catch myself when I start thinking that way. So I beat myself up the last couple of days, couple of weeks, but I released some pressure today, and um, you know it'll it'll keep me going. And and um, yeah, that's it. Thanks, guys. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe at eastlakebba.com. You can also help us reach others by spreading the word about our podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the East Lake Big Book Awakening Podcast.